This is the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. Welcome, my friends and children, to another edition of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast on the Love Wrestling Podcast Network. My name is Big Bad Boris, and I am joined by a man, not just a man, but a champion one half of the first ever LPW Tag Team Champions and member in good standing of the Rads, Mr. Rich King. Rich, how the hell are you? Well, as you said, we are the inaugural Tag Team Champions, so I couldn't be doing any better. The first, the only, the greatest, and the longest reigning Tag Team Champions in Love Pro Wrestling history. It's pretty rad, right? So before, uh, uh, no pun intended, right? So before we kind of dig into to a bit more about you, how does it feel to to be the the, the first ever to get a chance to hold a title? Because that's not something that comes along every day. It, it's pretty amazing, actually. Uh, when when you really look back, when I look back at my life, I never dreamed of like tag team wrestling. Actually, uh, glimpse been behind the curtain. I'm not much of a tag team wrestling fan. However, I've kind of found a bit of a niche in that area, and I've just been running with it. And the fact that we had the opportunity to go up for the tag team championships, we were in that tournament, and then uh, subsequently winning has just been a, a pretty amazing feeling. Now, you say you're not much necessarily a tag team guy, but you and Larry seem to gel very well. You guys got a good thing going. You know, you can say that about all the rads, really. Like, because um, me me and Larry, yeah, we, we've been tagging for a while. This is the second set of tag team titles that we've held together. Um, me and TY and another organization holding other tag, tag titles. Um, I've held tag titles in almost every single promotion I've been in. So it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. But yeah, kind of going back to just uh, me and Larry and the Rads, you know, like that's one of the things that makes us so deadly is you can really uh, mix and match us with each other. And you've got any assortment of uh, dangerous tag teams out there for sure. Absolutely. So before we talk about about the wrestling side, I want to kind of peek into the other side, and that is the uh, the fitness side and the personal training side. Uh, I think a good personal trainer is worth his weight in gold. Um, you know, every, everybody has different ways that you can kind of get through to them and help them achieve goals and things like that. How did you get involved with the personal training and what kind of, what, what do you take away from that? So I've been uh, active ever since I was a kid. I've, I've loved sports. I knew I wanted to be in some type of, uh, physical capacity. I just didn't know kind of what avenue to go into until, uh, I, I started doing a bit of coaching in high school of younger grades. And I really liked that. I really liked watching people progress and develop. Uh, but I also didn't really like kids at the time. You know, when you're 18, <laughs> you, you don't think about these things. But uh, but as I went through my college career, I ended up um, finding a kinesiology program with a uh, specialty in personal training. So I actually went through a two-year degree there. And decided to just jump into the workforce. So I'm going on like 11 and a half years, almost 12 years as a personal trainer now. Um, It's been my entire adult life, essentially. And I just love it. I'm very fortunate enough to make a living doing what I love and being able to learn more about the human body and how not only I can help others kind of reach their potential, but how I can also help myself reach my physical potential as well. 
Yeah, no, I think that's something that maybe not a lot of people know, but like a good personal trainer, uh, they go through a lot of education and, and a lot of learning to to get to be able to do that and be successful at it. It's not just some guy telling you one more rep. You know, there's a lot <laughs> that goes into learning about the body and also learning how to deal with people. Now, I, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, like there's, there's a lot of people. And again, I can't speak to everybody because I've known people that have taken like a, a weekend certification course, but they're so passionate about fitness and health that they just are sponges to pick it up. You know, they, they want to be part of it. They want to be in that career. But I also know people that have gone the university route where they've learned almost everything, but they don't learn how to communicate or talk to people in a realistic way. So there is a fine balance between like the science side of things and the interpersonal side of things. I always look at it like personal comes first. If you don't have a good relationship with someone, if they don't know you, if they don't like you, if they don't trust you, they're not going to listen to a damn thing you say. Even if you have the per picture perfect plan to, you know, put on 30 pounds of muscle and drop a hundred pounds of body fat in a year, right? Like it's all about how you connect with people and how you actually um, develop those relationships as you go. And that's another fascinating part of my job is the psychology of it all. <laughs> and uh, I didn't sign up to be a therapist by any means, but I find more often than not, that's kind of what people need at least. And that's one of the things I love about your, your Twitter account is you walk this line between like being this terrible scumbag heel human being one second, <laughs> and then these like great positive affirmation speeches the next second. And it's such a dichotomy that I think is a lot of fun. You know what? I wish I could say that's uh, that's any type of just wrestling exclusive, but I think almost any one of my friends would tell you that's how I am in personal life as well. I will be just a complete asshole almost all the time and then sneak in a lot of good. I think that's tremendous. So you were <laughs> born in the Yukon, correct? Born and raised, yes. White Horse Yukon. So what was it like to... to, to and I, Maybe, you know, people may have a, a, a different... What's the word I'm looking for? They may think of the Yukon as like, you know, how Americans view us living in igloos and stuff like that. Uh, what was it like growing up in the Yukon? Oh, it's igloos and dog sleds. And we don't really have too much infrastructure. I deserve that. <laughs> no, realistically, like it's not far off from like, what, like people think that weather-wise it's completely different, that it's significantly colder. In fact, um, I find that Edmonton almost gets the exact same weather that Whitehorse does just slightly warmer and about two or three days after the fact so if it snows there i know it's probably going to snow here mm, okay uh, pretty soon so talking to my family they kind of keep me in the loop with that side of it um but yeah like winters you see very little sun summers you see nothing but sun um really i was granted a lot of uh, opportunities as a kid that a lot of people don't get uh just being raised up there especially like outdoor outdoor education and just like survival training essentially like through school obviously it's not just something that we need to do up there um but yeah so lots of great opportunities it's just uh it's very secluded and very uh i guess there's not much up there so like entertainment wise you're not getting concerts every three weeks you're not getting yeah. these big hockey games so uh, still to this day, when I go to like an Oilers game or uh, or a concert or anything, I look around and it's like basically the population of my home city when I was growing up is sitting in that arena. Oh, wow. And that's pretty wild to think about. <laughs> that's cool. 
I would think that like in the winter, having not a lot of sun might take a bit of a toll on your mental health. Is there, is there some people that struggle with that? Cause I know I get a little bit of like seasonal affective disorder once the fall hits and I can feel it in me. So it's gotta be worse uh, up there maybe. Oh, absolutely. People do. And, and I don't think a lot of people realize it as well. Um, unfortunately, one of the things about the Yukon is uh, it has one of the highest alcohol consumptions per capita because there's not much to do up there. Mm. But I also think that a lot of it comes down to, like you mentioned, the the seasonal uh, affective disorder, uh, especially in the winter times when there's nothing to do and it's really cold out and it's dark out. People kind of feel the uh, the effects a little bit more. But uh, I moved out of there when I was probably when I was 18. So I didn't really get a lot of that as an adult. As a kid, I didn't really feel the effects of it. I thought it was actually kind of cool to go and skate on like a outdoor rink at like 630, but it's pitch black out with yeah. like the one light. So you're just like playing those little, um, you know, fantasy hockey uh, moments in your head. Mm-hmm. Shoot out Stanley Cup on the line deal. So, so let's. Sorry, continue. Oh, yeah. So I was just going to say, so for me, it was pretty cool to go through that experience. And then obviously, as I got older, with summers being uh, much lighter, meant uh, you could party much longer into the to the night. Oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> out out so, in the bushes where uh, where it was totally safe to do that kind of stuff, you know, like, oh, of course, amazing. So let's talk about your, your professional wrestling career. Talk me through like the early days of when you started to become a fan and how you transitioned into something this you might want to give a try to. Well, it's a long story and I'll try to just keep it short because I don't think it's really all that interesting. I just like talking. So um, basically, I, I I don't remember exactly how I discovered wrestling. One of my One of my earliest memories of wrestling was playing... I believe it was like WWF Warzone on N64 with okay. one of my friends. And I just remember us watching like Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, VHSs, like very archaic nowadays, you look back at it. Um, but they used to do like compilation video, like cassettes where it would be like their greatest moments. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily their greatest matches. Um, but I remember watching those like, over and over and over again and thinking it was so cool and then like playing the video games and it was so cool so I didn't necessarily fall in love with like wrestling itself until I was much older I fell in love with kind of the idea of wrestling like the fighting game and the personalities and all of that um and then as I got older yeah I I kind of stuck with it even when my friends as they got older kind of fell out of it it was still always something I followed always something I was watching and I just grew more of appreciation for like the athletic side of things, uh, even like more of the dramatic side of things. Um, I just fell in love with it in general. And you know what? Like it's one of my bigger regrets in life that I didn't get into wrestling much earlier than I did. Like I started when I was, I want to say I was 27 or 28 at the time. How old and, are you, if I may ask? Because I thought you were... Yeah, in- I'm 32 right now. Are you? So. I thought you were like 26 or 27. So, okay, interesting. <laughs> well, it's because okay. I take such fantastic care of myself. Wow. I mean, just come on. so full of energy and youthful exuberance, right? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Now, uh, the hairline says otherwise. Same with the gray hairs. Uh, but, I hear you. Uh, but yeah, so it's like uh, it, it was basically at 28. Uh, somebody I was dating at the time, uh, was going to school in a different city. So I had, uh, time on my hands and I didn't want to spend it in bars and getting into trouble. So I 
I was on a drive down to a funeral, I believe. I was listening to a podcast and I just thought to myself, like, I got to give it a shot. Like, you know, I'm fairly, I was, I'm, I'd, I'd still say I'm fairly athletic. I was more athletic probably back then, but um, I was very athletic. I was in shape. I had my health. I had two years of free time essentially. So I needed something and why live life with regrets? So I, I got in on a, um, a training camp and then I I would love to say like at the training camp, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and this is going to be everything. I thought after the training camp, I was like, this is, this is much different than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I'd fall in love with it the second I like climbed into the ropes and it was just like, well, this is much harder than I thought it was. And I thought I knew everything already, you know, with the things like the footwork and how stiff you were getting, it was like, ah, well, maybe it wasn't for me, but then I stuck with it and I actually really fell in love with it. And like, as things became kind of second nature, it became much more fun. You know, nobody likes to be good or nobody likes anything that they're not good at. Yeah, especially, of course. but as you get better at it, you fall in love with the things that you're seeing those improvements and you can see the tangible changes. So you just get more invested with it. Right. Yeah. All right. We're going to go to your first track. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, I, uh, I love professional wrestling. Obviously also I'm a big music guy. Music has been a big part of my life for all of my life. So I like to have my guests pick a couple of songs that they enjoy and, and I like to play them. Uh, you picked uh, the first song you picked is a band called I prevail. The song is bow down. Tell me uh, what you like about this song and why you picked it. Yeah, I absolutely love this song, actually. Uh, it was one of my entrance themes for, for a good two years um, as I was kind of finding my footing. So it means a lot to me. Uh, you know, I'm talking about wrestling, so I might as well go with one of the themes I feel re- I really connected with, not just obviously the the titles bow down. My name in, in wrestling is Rich King. Uh, it doesn't take a genius to see kind of the <laughs> connection there. However, I found a lot of the lyrics really spoke to me in terms of just like, uh, the character I was looking to portray and just like my, my uh, so I'm not a big, like, I'll be fully transparent. I'm not a big music guy. I'm not somebody that's going to sit down and be like, I love this melody. I love this blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like this song kind of embodies a lot of what I've gone through over the last couple of years. All right on. So this is Bow Down. This is I Prevail on the Punk and Kyle Drivers podcast. Yeah, yeah. 
that was I Prevail, uh, the first pick from one half of the LPW Tag Team Champions, Rich King. Uh, where did you get that first bit of training from? What a banger of a song, though, hey? It was a banger. It banged, as the, <laughs> as the kids like to say these days. Yeah, I'm uh, T.Y. Jackson keeps me hip, you know, with all the with all the kid talk. You it know, it slaps. It slaps, yeah. Is that a thing, too? I they're know. bops, right? <laughs> I don't know where these things come from, but... You know what? I'm I'm a cool guy. I, I'm a, I'm a kid just like everybody else. But you're, uh, you're a yeah, champion, so is what you are. <laughs> you're right. You are right. <laughs> uh, pretty rad too. Um, anyways, back to your original question uh, about the training side of things. I started off with uh, Monty Pro Wrestling here in okay. town. Um, so I had a opportunity. Yeah, I just basically found the training side of things online one day. Popped in. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I had never gone to like a Alberta independent show. Um, probably until like a year or two into wrestling. So I hadn't actually watched anybody on the Alberta scene and I had no idea about different companies or anything. So okay. it was kind of a whole new world for me. There's definitely a bit of like a learning curve in terms of companies and personalities and that kind of thing, for sure. Uh, what was the first match? I love asking about first matches. Uh, <laughs> they, they they tend to go one of two ways. Tell me about the first match. So my first match, uh, well, like, obviously you get thrown into like battle royals here and there just to kind of get out there, get the nerves out. But I, I don't consider that my first match. My first actual match. Hell, I've done, I've done three battle royals, for God's sake. I hope you, I hope you're uh, three and zero for those. No, so. I think I was out first in all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? To be fair, I think a lot of the battle royals I've been in it as well. I've been out within seconds of getting back in, and I was Whether very happy by... to be out first as well. <laughs> Whether that's that by design or not, yeah. you'll never know. But, uh, but yeah, my first match was against uh, Blazing Blake Cannon. Uh, it was both of our first matches. We actually started off wrestling together. Uh, Blake's the current um, MPW heavyweight champion at time of recording. Okay. And, uh, we were doing this um, new concept where it was basically like almost like a proving ground match. They had some kind of name for it. So essentially it was like a quote unquote pre-show match, but I mean like it's independent wrestling. So it's still part of the show. Um, neither of us got entrance music. The lights were still on. We're both like super new to this and super nervous. And, uh, but yeah, I, I would say like, as, as far as first matches go, it could have been way worse. I'm actually pretty happy with the way things went. I think we had a pretty basic, but solid structure for people that were like two or three months in. I think that's a two or three months. See, that's another thing that I always find fascinating with some guys. Some guys have a really, really quick turnaround. And other guys, it's like, oh, I started training in 2016 and my first match was in 2020. But three months is, is pretty quick to get th- thrown in there. But but saying it could be worse is a pretty positive way to look at it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And to go off your other point, uh, this weekend I was talking with uh, um, somebody from the LPW show, um, Taylor Rising. Mm-hmm. Uh and she, I believe she was saying that she's been training for like two years before her first year of wrestling. And, and that kind of blew my mind because it's like, we, we jumped in like almost immediately. So it's kind of interesting to see like other people's journeys and how other, I guess, training schools go about it. Yeah. Like 
again, I, I'm very happy with the way I came into wrestling. I'm very happy with the training side of things. I, I'm not sure if I would have stuck it out for two years of just like training and not really doing shows. Again, I could be misspoken or maybe I misinterpreted what she was saying, but uh, for me, just like I need to be out there and I need to be making progress. So it's like that two or three months, like I probably wasn't ready to be in front of a crowd quite yet, but I'm glad I got that experience because I feel like that helped me all out um, exponentially through each and every match I had after that too. And just such a huge learning experience being actually out in front of the crowd to see what works and, and what it feels like and that kind of thing. Cause training is all well and good, but, but once you get in front of that, that uh, the crowd, that's where the real education starts. Absolutely. Right. Like um, you, you go into it with this idea of like, Oh, this is going to be so cool. And then you go out there and it's dud yeah. or like, the thing you didn't think was going to get any reaction gets the biggest reaction of your match. And you're just like, huh, you don't say like people are more invested in that where you're, you're, you know, interacting with the crowd even versus like the big move you had planned. So it's kind of one of those interesting learning curves you don't get from in camp, I guess. And yeah. when you're wrestling with other people that are big wrestling fans that kind of get that side of it. Um, and it's still something that I learn in almost every match, something I get reminded of almost monthly. <laughs> so tell me how you hooked up with the rest of the Rads crew with Lumberjack, Larry and TUI and Mitch and, and Ben and all those bunch of yahoos. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> calling us yahoos. You're lucky that we're not sitting. Yeah, that's not good for my health, is it? I, I'm going to have to uh, give Mr. Mr. The Judge some uh some words to bring up with you next show i would like to retract my previous statement <laughs> yeah yeah we're at least google man we're not yahoo here um but yeah so the the rads and i we we all connected in monster pro wrestling um it, it was one of these things where um it kind of when he was just recovering from a knee injury so he wasn't really involved in a lot of the wrestling side of things quite yet. Um, but as he did, like he was super, again, you've met Larry. He's, his personality is infectious, his smile, everything about him just kind of brings you up, right? So you just kind of want to be around the guy for God's sakes. Um, sometimes he's too happy for my own good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just like, when I started out training, uh, Mitch had just started out training uh, probably a couple months to a year before I had. So he was still pretty new. And again, like we were two fairly athletic guys. So we kind of gravitated towards each other, talked about like different workout routines. And uh, he would show me a lot of like technical wrestling to get the um, the mat stuff down quite a bit more, um, especially during um, what we'd call Phil classes as we got to train with Phil LaFon. Mm -hmm. I it was like every Saturday and Sunday. So, so that was a great experience. And, and that's how me and Mitch started bonding. And then TY, uh, he, again, he was a younger guy than I am. So like, we didn't, I guess we didn't click right off the bat, but like, as we went, like we, we slowly became friends and then like, we were always good. It's not like I ever looked at the guy. I was like, yeah, that guy's a loser or anything, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, as we went, like it, it started it started really forming when we started doing out of town shows together. So uh, Monster Pro Wrestling, we're doing shows in like Lloyd Minister and Hinton and um, 
Oh, there is another place that and I those small with. town crowds are a lot but, of fun to work yeah. in front of too. Well, yeah, yeah, especially like when people show up, it's great. Uh, when it's a little bit more of a dead crowd, it's iffy, and that goes for any company. Yeah, but uh, but on those road trips is just where like we started really kind of bonding. Um, whether it was over just our stupid sense of humor and just our opinions on wrestling and just kind of our motivations and how we've kind of projected ourselves, uh, we really started connecting and we really enjoyed those rides. Uh, I guess I should say like Ben was there basically the whole time. Uh, Ben's been like a big wrestling historian. We we jokingly call him our Alberta Meltzer just because <laughs> like, we'll be talking about a certain event or a certain like incident that happened and he'd be like, well, actually it was um, blank. They're like they started at 11. and That was June 12th, 2004. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff. So like Ben Ben was there basically the whole time too. So it's like once we jumped in a car with him, I think like that got him a little bit more out of his shell as well. Uh, so I feel like I feel like we all kind of came up together, even though we kind of started at different times. Like the the times we started, we're all within like probably a year or two of each other. I think Larry started first then ty then mitch then me and then i'm not even sure when ben started but he's uh he's been around a while and he knows his stuff so i like that you yeah. mentioned the, the 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 car rides because like some of the of the most fun times i've had in my two decades of being involved in this now is has nothing to do with shows it's, it's being in the car with those guys you know at a gas station at three in the morning just some of those times of are, are, are so fun with the guys and the girls uh, on you know not to say that i've been on the road per se but like just those <laughs> you know those those trips through through the highways of alberta and saskatchewan you know those, those are good times you know you think about those a lot absolutely like uh when you can find a group good group of people like obviously it makes it so much more fun like we we could drive 15 hours to winnipeg and probably not run out of things to to talk about and and you know what like there's times that are a little bit more difficult than others don't get me wrong like um when when uh there was a time when me and ty drove to winnipeg this past summer and 15 hours there to do the show, turn around and then come right back to Calgary for another show. Uh, that draws on your mental health a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Primarily with the lack of sleep. Yeah. But uh, but I feel like as a group, it, it's just a good dynamic to have. It really helps make everything a lot more fun. And, and you know what? And like, a, it's, it's tough here in Alberta, right? Like in Western Canada and Canada in general to get out and go different places. Like you're not getting plane rides everywhere Mm -hmm. you're going. Right. So it's like to jump in a car and drive 10 hours to do a 15 minute match. It, it takes a lot of dedication. So um, you factor that side of it in and it just makes it way more enjoyable, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the thing that maybe a lot of fans don't know is that's a real thing. 13 hours for your 20 minute match and your, you know, your, your payday that is not worth nearly enough of what you paid to get there. But that's <laughs> a, a reality of, of, you know, trying to make it, uh, we're going to whip through your, your second track of the quick here. This is a cover of seals kiss from a rose. Uh, I don't have the name of the artist in front of me. Unfortunately, what was the artist's name again? Can you refresh my memory? Oh, I believe they're called No Fair Fights. So why now. did you pick this one? They're called, well, first of all, I, I love Seal, Kiss by a Rose. Um, a great Batman track that people don't give Batman enough credit for. Um, 
But yeah, that's actually a new entrance song that I'm using uh, as of right now. As much as I love kind of the harder rock side of things, uh, I feel like it doesn't exactly mesh well with our motto of shaking hips, touching tips, and uh, winning championships. So I feel like Kiss from the Rose with a little bit more of a rock edge kind of fit that a bit better. All right, all right. This is Kiss from the Rose on the Punk and Pod Drivers Podcast.
Rose, the second track uh, from Rich King, the current and longest reigning and only Love Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Uh, what what do you see for for like short term goals for the Rads in the next two or three years, and maybe even for yourself specifically as well? For all of us, it's just like domination everywhere we go. You know, like every promotion that we've been in, we we win championships. We go out there, and a lot of times we try to have the absolute best match possible. And that doesn't necessarily mean the most technical match either. Uh, if we can have one of the more fun matches of the night and let people you know, get lost in the, the art of professional wrestling, if you will, and uh, and talk about what we've done in the ring. I, I think that's kind of the goal for all of us is just to be the most memorable match of the night, not necessarily the best technical all the time. Uh, you know, that's one of the, one, that's one of the joys of being so rad is, is that we can go out there and have like a really good match with somebody, but we can also go out there and have a match that's not like anybody else's match. And a match that's highly entertaining. We're we're not afraid to wear a little bit of cake on our face. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, I remember me and Ty were swimming in cake at one point this year. So uh, realistically, for the Rads, like our goal as a group is to try to get out as much as possible to see as many towns and to see as many different promotions as we possibly can. I know Mitch has been up into uh, kind of my territory above the 60th parallel up in. Um, I believe it was Nunavut a couple of weeks ago. You know, I think I think it's a goal for all of us to get out to BC. I personally would love to get out to like Ontario and Quebec and kind of see a little bit more of Canada and even try to break into the States a little bit. I know it's kind of tough for wrestlers yeah. up here, but just trying to just trying to make the best of like my goal at least is trying to make the most of the time I'm in wrestling. Um I I I'm very I'm very much a realist in the sense of like, I know that I'm not going to be doing this forever. I don't plan on being the 50 year old guy trying to <laughs> keep up with like the 19 year olds just getting in it. And, you know, being that guy sitting in the corner, be like, well, you don't even know how to sell and you don't know how to do a wrist lock. You know, I don't need to be that toxic old man. I'm sure I'll do that enough as it is. But, uh, but yeah, I want to try to have as much fun, have as many matches as my body will let me. And, you know, when either life circumstances or I just stop having fun or my body tells me to quit, that's going to be it. Um, do you watch a lot of wrestling in your, your like free time, your personal time? And if so, what are you into? Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm going through a lot of like the old uh, WCW and WWF nitros and raws from 97 right now. Okay. I've been kind of working my way through that for the last couple of years. It takes a lot of commitment and then just trying to keep up with everything happening nowadays. It, you know, there's so much wrestling that you get lost or you lose a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like personal training takes up a lot of my time as well. I got to be available at all kinds of times. I'm running my own business. I'm marketing. I'm doing the accounting. So it doesn't leave a lot of time to watch new wrestling so much. So I'm trying to go back to more old stuff and to see what I can kind of take from there. Watch the matches people recommend to me. And, you know, I watch pretty much every WWE pay-per-view. I try to watch as many AEW ones as I can. Uh, I just find them very long. And uh, a lot of the matches kind of blend in together. That's just my personal taste, honestly. But, uh, but yeah, I, I try to keep up with as much wrestling as possible, but I'm more kind of going back into the nostalgia side of things for a little bit. So where can we find you on the social medias for your dastardly wrestling work and your uplifting fitness work? 
<laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. Hey, well, you can yeah. find, um, uh, I don't know which one was the good one or which one was the bad one, but, uh, on I think TV, you do. <laughs> I actually don't know which one, uh, was the good one or which one was the bad one <laughs> when it comes to Jekyll and Hyde. But, um, but yeah, on, uh, on Twitter, you can find both, both my personalities at RK athletics. One, uh, RK athletics is a like Polish fitness company. So I have to be careful with that. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at RK underscore wrestling or RK athletics one as well. Uh, Facebook, you can find me at rich King wrestling and at RK athletics. I'm on YouTube for RK athletics and for tales from the undercard, one of the most fun video series and stupid video series you can find on YouTube based in wrestling. So go give that a subscription on YouTube. Uh, TikTok, I think I have one for RK Athletics as well. Um, I'm kind of everywhere, man. Well, that's totally cool. Uh, what what uh, some upcoming bookings you got? Where can we catch you in the ring? Uh, I am going to be in, in Okotoks on December 3rd for uh, Can-Am Wrestling. Uh, it is... The Rads, myself, Lumberjack Larry, and Magnificent Mitch Clark against the Cheetah Bear, Drew Dawkins, and uh, Tasty, or, yeah, you know what, I'm going to call him Tasty Travis Cole, just because I can. I know he's not going by that anymore. <laughs> and then uh, Saturday, December 10th, I'll be wrestling for RCW in Edmonton. It will be me and T.Y. Jackson against the Mutiny, Giant Orion, and Lil Blay for our RCW uh championship of friendship excellent you mentioned earlier talking about uh, uh wrestling as long as the body holds up how is the body feeling um <laughs> it's been better uh with separating my shoulder earlier this year uh and that hasn't really recovered the way i had hoped uh it would it still leaves some lingering pains for uh exercise in the ring it's not necessarily an issue but for exercising it is and then recently I've strained a hamstring, which uh, is a lot more painful than I thought it would be. But uh, oh, that's that's also affecting my training. So I've been able to do a lot of like biceps and shoulders and back. So if you see me just looking all like a complete unit on the top half of my body and then my lower body slowly dwindling, that's what's going on. Jacked from the equator up. <laughs> you know what it's an upper body business for us that's, that's true what they always tell show, me. show muscles right i believe that's what mark told me a long time ago <laughs> all right thank you so much rich king for for uh, taking the time to hang out with me i learned a lot about you and uh i wish you continued success uh you can get rad's t-shirts on pro wrestling tees by the way i found that out today Yes, you can. And the pleasure has been all yours, Boris, I'm sure. All right. Uh, we are going to go out to, uh, as we're getting closer to the holiday season, uh, we're going to go out to a little bit of punk rock Christmas. Uh, the Distillers doing a cover of the famous Ramones, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight track. Um, <laughs> thank you guys all for listening, and we will talk to you again very soon. Merry Christmas at